Hey everybody, this is Pat Francis from the Rock Solid Podcast, and you're listening to P.F. Wilson's Tape Recorder. Hello there, I'm P.F. This is my tape recorder. Coming up, it's our old friend Paul Mercurio. We get stories like a 70-year-old couple who married a year ago, they met on an S&M website. And they do SMM and they role played and that's how they met. And they literally are like like this cutest couple who look like they look like your like literally like your grandmother and grandfather. Paul is still working on the late show with Stephen Colbert, but he's got a lot of other things going. Uh, as you just heard in that clip there, he has a very successful one-man show going on in New York City right now, which we will talk about amongst other things. We have a song of the week coming up from Public Access TV, but first a dumb bit. Haven't done one of these in a while. It's time for... What kind of nonsense is that? So the anti-vaxxers have been in the news again for an interesting reason. And uh, I don't want to use anti-vaxxers as a pejorative because like with any kind of controversial thing like the build the wall folks and all that, there's always a a kernel at least of common sense in there. Like, you know, with with the wall thing, you're like, well... Uh, yeah, it's a crazy idea, but, you know, at, at the core of it, there's a couple of, you know, uh, kernels of common sense in that one, you know, you don't know who's sneaking into the country, either from the northern or the southern border, or even coming in from sea sometimes, who knows? So that's one, and more importantly, and this one kind of resonates, you know, just as someone who's always kind of tried to follow the rules, I think, and people that have come to this country legally from everywhere are like, well, I just could have walked in, you know? I mean, and just come to this country, it costs thousands and thousands of dollars to, you know, get a, a visa and then find finally become a citizen. And we've talked to a lot of comedians, I think, that have told us this story that have come from Britain and Canada, and it's it's very costly uh, to come to this country. So, you know, you can see why people would sneak in. They don't have the money, but you can see if you follow the rules, you might be a little upset. Okay. Um, so for the anti-vaxxer situation, um, well, first of all, we have wiped out polio uh, and a lot of other really terrible diseases. Uh, people are a little skeptical about measles because measles doesn't seem as serious as polio and rubella and rheumatic fever and all these other things we've managed to get under control. And uh, there's a kernel of common sense here. It's something that resonates. Is that like, well, can you really trust big pharma? And of course, the answer is not really. <laughs> so you can see the argument that you know this that it's a you know this is just a, a ploy for people to make money. Uh, you know, getting people vaccinated because you know pharmaceutical companies make money from vaccines, and then that's a that makes sense. So, but to kind of um, make this argument that measles isn't as big a deal as say polio or the other diseases, well, they've they've gone to this well. Boy, this is the life, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. If you have to get sick, sure can't beat the measles. That's right. No medicine, inside or out. Like shots, I mean. Don't even mention shots. Yeah. <laughs> That is from the Brady Bunch circa 1970. And, uh, well, there's also uh, this from uh, 1961. We're in here, Brad. Both of us. Gee, it sounds like they're crying. What's wrong, Wilma? Open up. We can't. We've got the measles. All right, stop playing games. Your plane leaves in an hour and... (laughs) The measles... Whenever I see the Flintstones, I always think of that great Stephen Wright bit. I love the Stones. I catch them whenever I can. Fred and Wilma. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, measles, uh, no big deal back in the 60s and 70s. Except the problem is, is if you go to the Centers for Disease Control, uh, while not as quite as serious as, say, a polio, a rheumatic fever, whooping cough, which is horrible, 
Uh, it, measles can be pretty serious. Uh, one in four people will be hospitalized will be hospitalized because of it. Excuse me, and uh, more importantly, it's very dangerous to those under five years of age, as is our many diseases because your immune system isn't uh, fully developed yet. So it's it's a, a lot more serious. And uh, I, I just think it's kind of crazy to rely on the Brady Bunch and the Flintstones, both of whom I love, by the way. But to rely on them for medical advice uh, is a little crazy. If we're going to rely on uh, our old-timey TV for our medical advice, why, then, well, there's this. Let's take a Winston break. That's it. Winston is the one filter cigarette that delivers flavor 20 times a pack. Winston's got that filter blend. Yeah, Fred. Filter blend makes the big taste difference, and only Winston has it up front where it counts. Fred and Marty hanging out behind the garage, having a couple of Winstons. Yeah, there you go. It's, it's harmless, and, and doctors used to say they were great for us. And then there's also this. Going to bed, Otis. I expect a man to go to bed when he's got the oh, hiccups. <laughs> Stand right there, and I'll get you some water. Mm. Water? Oh, I don't know. I'll get sick if I mix my drinks. <laughs> Alcoholism is hilarious! And again, another fantastic show, The Andy Griffith Show, but, you know, it's a different time, you know? The, Otis is uh, an alcoholic, clearly, and he just sleeps it off in the, the town jail, and then he's fine, and everybody loves him. So, I don't know, I just don't think that we should be looking to uh, television shows, great as they are, and these are three of the greatest television shows ever, and much beloved, and ones I love a lot, but I don't, I don't look to them for medical advice. I, I go to a place like maybe the Center for Disease Control, or maybe medical experts. Otherwise, you're left feeling with the sense of, What kind of nonsense is that? Paul Mercurio is a stand-up comedian originally from New York City. As, as you all know, he was famously a, a Wall Street attorney before becoming a stand-up comedian. And now he has a very successful one-man show in New York City he's going to talk to us about, along with some other things. Here now is our interview with Paul Mercurio. Hello? Hey, man, it's P.F. Hey, how are you? Good, how you doing? Good. What's, uh, what's going on? Where are, where are you these days? Uh, still, still, in, still in Cincy, still writing for the two papers. Um, I've had some luck getting into some more papers, but uh, that's just kind of a still a sideline thing. Uh, working for the uh, T-shirt. Wait, wait, I'm sorry. What's, what's still the sideline thing? Oh, what, uh, interviewing comedians for City Beat and City Pages. That's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, my main job. You know Josh Sneed, comedian Josh Sneed. Yeah. He's got a t-shirt company. I work for that. That's my main job. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so I write... What do you do, do, you do for that? I write okay. blog stories about, like, it's it's all old shirts of mostly of businesses that are lo no longer around. And we have a New York page, actually, on our sister site, Old School Shirts. And it's just, like, teams that don't exist anymore and stores that don't exist anymore. So I write blog posts about those. I produce the podcast for... Uh, those guys, uh, we're up to 62 episodes as of Wednesday. It's got like, oh, cool. yeah, it's got like 10,000 weekly listeners. Yeah, it's been way more successful than I thought it was going to be. People really dig it, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. Great. Um, so that's good. You still got your hand in the writing mode, too. Exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, awesome. he big production meeting, something for Colbert's show or something you're working on on your own? What was, what was... Uh, it's from my one-man show that I've been doing. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, we, uh, 
we're working on, you know, sort of bringing uh, to television and we, you know, sort of just putting together a plan for that and meetings that we're talking to networks about. But this has been really a really cool, like, endeavor for me. Like, just doing the show has been really, really amazing, you know, in terms of, um, it's, you know, um, I can't remember what I told you about it. If I have, I think you were, you were about to start it the last time we spoke for I think it was probably Minneapolis. Um, you were like a, a month or two out from starting it, I think. Yeah, and it's basically a show where I bring audience members on stage and uh, basically we you know tell tell stories, they tell stories from their lives, and uh, it's and I also you know there's also stuff about me in there, and you know I I tell my stories and whatever, but it's really about talking and connecting and uh, you know sort of uh, you know not in a sappy kumbaya way, but like uh, you know uh, you know like a uh, like a real sort of you know passionate, honest uh, like just people telling these incredible stories, you know and. Uh, um, it's called permission to speak, and the idea is that people can literally have permission to speak. But also, it's a place where you do it in a safe space and all of that. You know, where like you're not being judged. So, want you have to worry about political correctness or any of that stuff. You know, uh-huh. and um, it's um, it's been you know really really cool. You know, and um, we're getting stories like. It's, 70-year-old couple they married a year ago they met on an S&M website and they do S&M and they role-played and that's how they met. Oh my God. And, yeah. And, um, the, um, and, and they literally are like, um, like this cutest couple who look like, they look like your, like literally like your grandmother and grandfather, you know, like that's, that, that's like kind of a joke I say, but it's not really a joke. It's like, um, it's, fucking like unbelievable and um um i've got material on it and even clips and stuff that i'll send you you can get a sense of it if you want to mention it that's like the big thing i'm working on right now and so still doing my stand-up obviously and sure so late show and doing you know my tv appearances and on you know the two new shows as a commentator and i just co-hosted an episode of star talk with uh neil degrasse tyson um, so that's, uh, that's coming out, uh, in a, in a couple of weeks. Um, but, uh, it, it's like, you know, we had this other, uh, like, uh, how can I put it? Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a, a transgender person who talks about transitioning and how the woman, she wants to be a man, but she can't have the older all the physical transformation done because she has heart issues and it gets really like uh you know like kind of interesting and intense at times and funny and sad and all of those things but like it's definitely entertaining and fun but there's a lot of parts to it and um you know we had uh, we had this uh woman I said what's your name she goes Nydia I go, Lydia, she goes, Nydia, I go, that's a unique thing. How'd you get that? And she goes, oh, well, my father named me after his lover. And I'm like, oh, you were born out of wedlock? I'm like, no, no. She goes, uh, it was, uh, he was having an affair with a woman. He got my mother pregnant with me. 
and named me after the woman he was having an affair with. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and um, it, and so uh, it's just been really like this 76-year-old woman who does acid every day. She's been doing it since she was 18. Oh my God. She's like, she lives on Fifth Avenue. She's super rich, but she was a wild child of the 60s. She, she does acid every day, drops LSD. When she was eight, 19, went to Mexico with a thousand tabs of acid. She was going to change everybody's life using acid. And I go, wow. Well, I looked around and I realized before they need acid, they need uh, clean water and food. I said, what do the acid? She goes, I took it. What do you think? <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll send you like an email with a synopsis of it. And I'll sure. Link, but just so you can get a flavor for it if you want to write about it. Yeah, yeah. I'll also put a press release in. Ignore the dates in the press release of the whole release, but like, it was just, I'm giving you the, don't, you know, don't put in like where it's, right. you, where it is right now, whatever, because, it, but it'll just give you an idea of like, um, you could say it's playing right now, but you don't have to put in the location because no one from where you're publishing this is going to go. But right, right. Well, that, at least give you a description, you know, and stuff yeah. like that. Well, do you think you'll ever take this out on the road? Or is it? Yeah, it's a good stand. Yeah, because it's definitely it's born out of my stand up. Yeah. And so that's tying to your writing about this is it does come out of my stand up and you know from those conversations that you've seen me have in clubs and I started to realize like you know everybody's got a fucking story, man. You know, like you just get it out of them and it's like you know um, it's not it's not hard. You know, you give people an opportunity and they're happy to they're happy to talk. You know, they're happy to like have the moment, you know, and not be obnoxious about it either. And um, so that's kind of how it started. And then some Broadway producers saw me doing it. And um, one thing led to another. And they're like, well, maybe we should try doing this as a one-man show. It's like a Broadway thing. And that's kind of how it came about. And uh, when they first saw me, they're like, were those people plants? I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Like, you know, plants. Like, how did it work out so well? Um, yeah, how do you find them? Do you pass out cards before the show? Do you know them? Are they planned no, to be no, in the no, show? No, 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 no. I just pick them and have them come up completely random. Right, right there during that particular show. Yeah. Wow. It's just, it's just, yeah. That's yeah. Incredible. It's really pretty cool. Like, I don't just come on stage because I do believe that everybody has something compelling or interesting. Some more so than others, but everybody has something in their um, in their life that's like they probably want to talk about it or worth hearing. And so that's the premise of it. And so um, we basically, <clears throat> excuse me, I just go out. Say, uh, I'd like to talk to you. Come on up, and we just start talking. It's not different than when you see me. You see me just stand up live, right? Yeah, yeah. You see me yeah. So like when you meet the up and then start talking to somebody. Yep. I just that's that's kind of what I end up doing is I you know just um, just go you know um, let's just see what's going to happen here you know <laughs> and uh, and take it from there and uh, and then you know it's um, and then after that you trust that the people are gonna. I don't know, what's the word? Like, they're just going to kind of, they're going to be who they are. They're not going to put anything fake on and then get some really interesting, compelling stories from them. Yeah, this couple that 
they were they were, weren't going to get married. They were in the late fifties, and the husband had diagnosed with a bad case of leukemia, like the worst you can get. And they ended up getting married in a hospital room. There's more of the story, but you'll see it in one of the links I send you. They got married like in uh, while he was going to chemo with the tubes in his arm. Oh my God. But, yeah, yeah, it's really cool. You know, it's like uh, so that that's been a really big focus of the last. Uh, you know, almost a year, you know, eight, ten months of getting, um, getting this off the ground and, you know, producing it and, and, you know, getting it out and up on stage and, and now, you know, sort of maybe taking it to that next level, you know, for television. It, it's funny, when you're talking about the, everybody has a story, that's kind of like, and we didn't know this going in with the, the Cincy Shirts podcast was going to be about, um, you know, the one guy, the one partner of Josh's, he's, it's him and this other guy, they're like, well, we, I don't want it to be the Josh and Darren show. And I'm like, well, in a way, that's what Cincy Shirts is, but I get what you're saying. And we kind of just stumbled into this formula of uh, we had someone sit down and we just open up the mic and we just start talking with them. And they'll tell the story of, you know, there's people connected to Cincinnati in some way, obviously. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. we've, had some ball, we've had some ball players in, like Bronson Arroyo. We had Johnny Bench was on, actually. And they just told these great stories. Yeah, so, and some people we had on, we had a gal on that's, uh, she's an author and a, um, uh, and a, a director. And I knew her because my daughter was in one of her commercials. So that was a little more interviewy because I knew what she did, but I didn't. But she's telling up telling some of these really cool stories about, you know, Growing up, uh, you know, uh, having to come out in Texas and then getting to go to college in the Midwest and becoming a director and an author, and it's just, you know, great mm. stuff. How did you get such a following? Is it like 10,000? Like, is it through you know, word of mouth? I think they, we had a strong social media base to begin with, and people love the company here. Like, almost, How did you, whose social media base you mean for the show itself? Or? For, the, for the company. The, it's a t-shirt company, so people naturally follow it. I mean, we have a lot of... Oh, it's been, oh, it's been around for a while. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The company's been around since 2009, and I've helped them uh-huh. with events since then, and I'm also the events coordinator. It's my other job. So, and we're out... So when you say a t-shirt company, like, they make t-shirts, like, if I wanted to make t-shirts for my stand-up to sell, yeah. or if I had a company we and I a, wanted to have... A, we have a different if I, wanted to have a hundred, if I wanted to have 100 t-shirts made for my employees and my company, that kind of thing? We can do both, yeah. It's mostly, like, oh. if, if, it's mostly like I said, um, well, we also are, are now the... Uh, we are the only team in Major League... The only city in Major League Soccer that has a, a deal with the local team to print shirts, original designs. None of the other 20, what it is now, five teams have that deal. If you want apparel for the Columbus Crew or the FC New York or whatever they are, the Red Bulls, you have to go through Adidas or somebody else. But if you want an original design of FC Cincinnati, you can come to us. So that's the mm-hmm. bulk of the business. We have a division called Old School that does uh, the same kind of thing but in other cities, and we all do it online. And then we have another site where um, we sell, like we do Doug's Lo- Doug, Love Mo- Doug Loves Movies, we do his shirts. My friend Pat Francis's podcast, Rock Solid, we do his shirts. So, um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so anyway, so this has been like, uh, you know, like this this show's really, it's gone from, you know, just the idea of it being entertaining and whatever to people coming up and saying, um, uh, you know, please keep doing the show. We really read it. Need right now it's connected. The, the premise of the show is if we talk and connect and if we connect, maybe things are a little bit better. You know, it's not as heavily... Kumbaya message show, uh, right. um, 
<clears throat> you know, like, I'm going to tell you what to think kind of a show, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and, uh, um, and so, uh, hold on one second. Sure. Um, and so it just, and, and people coming up and saying, you know, like, this is an important show. We need it right now. Keep doing it. More people should see it. The masses should see it. You know, like, um, so it just sort of become this, like, uh, you know, thing, you know? Um, and, and so it's really been this, like, it's been fulfilling, you know, not to sound sappy about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm curious, when you get people up on stage, do you kind of have, like, a, I guess a sense for someone that's going to be able to go off into a pretty good solid story? Or do some people come up and just have, like, a maybe, like, a, a one-minute or two-minute, but still compelling story, and then, you know, you kind of move along? Well, no, it's not, but it's, yeah, it's not really, it, it's not, I, I don't want to confuse you or whatever. It's not like I have them come up and then say, here's P.S., okay, tell your story. It's a conversation. Right, right. Yeah, I'm talking to them back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and I can tell if it's going somewhere and if it's not. It almost okay. always goes. So, yeah, you know, definitely some are more compelling than others. Every once in a while, somebody won't have anything, but that's rare. Usually, the bigger problem is that somebody's trying too hard to be funny and it's like uh, takes yeah. over. Yeah, yeah. And don't let they don't let me run it, and then even then, I know that's coming, and um, I just. Have a nice, polite way of getting them off stage without hurting anybody's feelings, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, um, and uh, I, and so, what ends up happening is, yeah, you'll get somebody who's seventy and, and met on an S and M website, and then you'll get somebody that was married in a cancer ward, and then you get somebody that is kind of, you know, kind of a, I don't know, interesting childhood that something happened, you know, so. Almost everybody truly does have something to say, um, and so it, it, if you just give them the, you know, like opportunity and all of that, then it'll it'll um, it'll come out. You know, I think the key is uh, I think the key is not to um, you know, in stand up, you have to kind of like you're going for the joke every. 30 seconds because that's the job yeah so here I don't do that it's like 30 percent focused on getting laughs and 70 percent I'm just letting the people tell their stories in the conversation about and trusting in that that if you do that funny will emerge organically as opposed to forcing it so like if you start telling a story about you know, you had a puppy, and then I start making jokes about puppies, and I start. Then I'm getting in the way of your story, and it doesn't work. So, so my job is to kind of give you the, you know, space and the best environment to, um, to you know, like be who you want to be and be who you are, you know. Yeah. And and then stuff comes out, and it's been incredible. Like I just, I, you'll see on a link some of the stuff. It's all, it's all true. It's just, it's, I'll send you a link with like a. It's a call it a sizzle reel, short, and then there's like a longer reel with like stories unedited, and that's longer, and you can kind of you know look at that 
too if you want. I mean, you yeah. can shoot. No, it sounds, sounds yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So when you get to do stand-up, you know, come out on the road, so is it a nice break? You get to flex a little different muscle then and kind of talk about stuff that's been been building up that doesn't, you know, that doesn't... Yeah, I'm talking about, I'm talking more and more about sort of the dichotomy of society, how, like, we're either completely indifferent to each other or we're so into each other's space that it's gotten too crazy. It's a form of political correctness. I think political correctness is a byproduct of just everybody thinking that everybody's opinion matters all the time. Like, you know, you know, uh, and I think that's because of social media makes everybody think that well, you can write whatever you want and say whatever you want, and it matters because you can put it out there and it doesn't. Like, I shouldn't always say my opinion. You shouldn't always say your opinion. People don't always give a shit. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And... Um, and I think the spillover is that that combined with a, a super political correct environment is a toxic combination where, you know, like I had a woman come up to me after I was playing with the audience, talking to people, improvising, not in my one-man show, just in stand-up, and she goes, you know, I, knew, I had a really good time, it was really fun, but you seem to talk to the men a little bit more than the women, and maybe you could talk to men and women equally. And I went, you're being inappropriate. <laughs> and she went, I go, you're being inappropriate. She goes, I, I think, I go, no, I know what you think. You conjured up this whole thing in your head that you're going to speak up for women because you think I'm some white guy that has a problem with women because I did a completely improvised thing that was unplanned. I spent two more minutes with men than women. And so you've got a, an agenda with men and a hangout with men and you're imprinting your issues on me. I said, you're inappropriate and you owe me an apology. And she went, what? I said, you owe me an apology. I said, if you think that in this environment I'm going to be a guy that just goes, oh, I'm so sorry, you're a woman, and I'm a guy, and I'm a jerk, and I honor women, and I'll kiss your ass, and I'm not going to do that because I didn't do anything wrong. I said, you're not going to get away with that with me. And then her friend stepped in, and her friend, I just put my hand up to her friend's face. I said, I want to talk to you. You both apology. I said, do you know how hard it was that I just did for 15 straight minutes? And that's really all you could take away from it was your own shit. And so that's where we are in this society is like, they got, she got it in her head that her opinion about what I did mattered and it was a completely inappropriate thing to say to somebody. Like, because it was a completely unplanned event, right? Like if I went up and said, this is a thing that I do intentionally, then yeah, maybe you had a little thing. So, so I do find that I'm talking more about these things in my act because it really bothers me and I think it needs to be talked about, which is, you know. Cool. We, man. um, yeah, we, we, we are, we are sort of living on two ends of the spectrum. And then I have a whole other bunch of other stories and examples. But yeah, so there's a, there's a rank, there's a strong point of view to what I'm talking about these days. It seems to be resonating with people. So well, awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited. I mean, I really like how my act is and people come out to see me. They're going to get a different stand-up show because they're not just going to get a guy coming up and doing 45 minutes of monology. It's going to be a very interactive show. I'm going to talk to people. I'm probably going to bring some people on stage and talk to them from the stage and then incorporate material into the whole show. So it's a different kind of stand-up show. And on some levels, I'm not going to describe it as stand-up anymore, but it's the rantings of a lunatic more than anything else. Yeah, it sounds like no, but but I am trying to do something where they walk away feeling like uh, 
they haven't seen it before, you know? Yeah. Otherwise, you know, it just becomes like another guy. Not, and not that there's anything wrong with that. But sure. I'm like, that's a brilliant stand-up. There's a lot of brilliant stand-ups. I feel like I should try to bring something different to the table. That's kind of my agenda. Well, yeah, the, perfect. Well, great, man. I yeah. uh, hope to see the uh, the the, uh, the the new show, the Permission to Speak, out on the road, maybe here in Cincinnati one of these days. And um, yeah, I'll, uh... yeah, and I'll let, I'm I'm talking to Kurt about going back to Rio to uh, uh, you know back to Bovinanisal. You know, but yeah, this is great, and thanks for uh, you're going to pitch it. And yeah, yeah. What are the pitches? There, there, uh, with, Cincinnati and Minneapolis, I can always get you into. I've gotten friendly again with Denver and Jacksonville, so those are possible. So we can, you know, I'll uh, I'll take a look at your schedule and I'll just see what I can do about, um, you know, pitching the uh, the other towns as well. So it's I'm just writing this down. It's mini Minneapolis for sure, Cincinnati for Denver. sure. Those are always slam dunks, and then possibly mm-hmm. Denver now, possibly Jacksonville. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, where does it show up in Minneapolis? City Pages. Oh great! Okay, yeah, is, that's awesome. Do you do you need do you need a picture? Yeah, or anything? A, a, a current headshot would be great. Always good to have the, the most recent one. Um. Okay. And for the week before, or when is it going? Because it'll be out the the week that you're there, so it'll it'll street okay. that that week, so people know online okay. and in print. So, yep, both places. All right, so I just sent you an email with stuff about the show and I'll send you some pics too, okay? Awesome. Can't wait to see them. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again to Paul Mercurio for being on the show. Uh, Paul is not touring a whole bunch, as you heard, because he's doing this uh, fabulous one-man show. So for all your Paul Mercurio information, just go to paulmercurio.com. And then there are links there for his podcast, which we didn't even get to. His podcast is fabulous. And he gets a lot of guests on there that don't normally appear on other podcasts. So that's really cool. And they kind of has a different line of questioning with them sometimes. It's not quite like a Mark Maron. It's not quite like one of these other stand-ups interviewing people where it's just, you know, let, let's be funny and silly, although there's that too. Uh, he does have a few uh, tour dates beyond the uh, stand-up, before, beyond the one-man show coming up, so you can go and check those out there. Uh, but they're mostly around New York City, it seems. Uh, and then in the fall, it looks like he's in Michigan and places like that. So just check that out. All your Paul McCurio information. Again, paulmccurio.com, and you'll find everything you need to know. All right, so... Um, Nothing new to plug. I was going to have Fangirl make her big announcement, but she is not here. She is still off at school, so maybe we will uh, maybe we'll phone her in next week, and uh, she can make her big announcement then. That'll be pretty cool. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to get to the song of the week. The song of the week uh, comes to us. Another one of these groups just kind of flew under the radar for me. Uh, they've been around for a couple of years. They are called Public Access TV. You may be familiar with them. Um, they, they came uh, under, uh, to my notice, via my wife had a playlist, a Spotify playlist going, and I don't know what the playlist was based on who was, I think, probably Vampire Weekend because uh, we're enjoying the new album right now. And anyway, so this public access TV turned up and we're like, hmm, this sounds pretty good. And it turns out they're kind of mixed up with the um, kind of the Julian Casablancas, the Voids, that kind of, you know, New York City rock and roll scene, if you're familiar. So uh, they have a new album. Well, it came out last year. They're still releasing singles from it. Uh, the album is called Street Safari. And let me see here, the, the lead-off track and sort of title track is Safari In My Head, which is the tune we're going to hear. And uh, yeah, it does fit in very well with those kind of, uh, those kind of bands, uh, like the, the Voids and maybe a little Vampire Weekend. 
Grotesque, although they've kind of got more of an original sound lately that you really can't quite pin down. But I think you're going to dig this. This is uh, public access TV. It did come out last year, but uh, they're still out there plugging away with it. So this is going to be our song of the week, Safari in My Head, PS Tape Recorder. So long, and thanks for listening. The things you refuse to learn will stab you in the back. Knowledge is power. Bye.